Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Coconut, the ultimate accounting and tax tool for self-employed people with expense tracking, receipt capture, invoicing and tax all in one easy to use app. Coconut gives you the power of a finance team in your pocket. Get started today. Get coconut.com slash being freelance. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for audio producer Matthew Walker. I gave myself almost like a two-year apprenticeship just to kind of figure out how freelancing works. Like, was it for me? Could I adapt? When you work on purely side projects, you're free of brief, so you can kind of experiment, you can express yourself. My intention is it's not to grow something into like, you know, a Fortune 500 company like Seb Audio Corp. That's not the intention. The intention for me is to be a good craftsman. Yeah, so there is Matthew Walker, who is this week's guest, adding to the pile of over 200, a pile, <laughs> just 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 toppled on top of each other, right there at beingfreelance.com or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you go back, check them out, whatever they do for a living. Remember, it doesn't matter about that. It's all about the being freelance. Um, whatever you do, I hope it's going well. Come join a community of freelancers, the Being Freelance community. You can link through to it from beingfreelance.com. Also on the website, we have the blog we have my vlog which is my video where i document my freelance life just put one up this week actually uh my what i've been up to during february so please do watch hit subscribe and let me know what you think by leaving me a comment on youtube that'd be amazing and put monday the 15th of june in your diary because we're going to be doing a being freelance meetup in london myself and kate Tune will be speaking and it's a chance to hang out with other freelancers. It's on the evening of Monday the 15th of June in London, right here in the UK. If you're able to be there, it would be amazing to see you. I'll let you know when tickets are available, but uh, for now, please save the date. Monday 15th of June. Right, let's crack on and chat to this week's guest. And that is freelance audio producer based in Bristol, Matthew Walker. Hey, Matt. Hello. As ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance. Sure. So kind of by default. So I graduated uni uh, in 2009, just when the crash was really picking up steam, um, which did us all great favors. I had a music degree. And the intention, of, of course, was always to go into music. Uh, at the time, I was just doing composition. That was my that was my jam. That was my thing. Um, but I didn't really know what sort of fashion, what kind of color I was going to paint myself in composition. So when I had the epiphany that I wanted to combine games and music, I said, well, okay, I'll just I'll produce music for game. So you kind of continue down this rabbit hole of just trying to build some sort of ideas as to how you want to kind of go about yourself. And um, I started freelancing almost immediately. I moved back to Bristol from Plymouth where I was studying and just got involved with lots of small projects, film projects, audio things, um, events anything i could kind of get two hands on um but games was always the intention that was the, that was the big goal and those kind of smaller free projects graduated to small commissions you know just small little things that i could take a bit of um bit of pocket money away from and kind of fast forwarding a little bit my i was made redundant because i was still working full time at this point i found some jobs all sorts of all sorts of jobs really um, but I was made redundant in a music shop when I was managing a, a piano showroom because I'm a piano player. Um, and it was at that point, this is now like 2015, 2016. And I was thinking, well, 
when am I ever going to go full-time? What, what is the end game here? So I started to ask myself these kind of questions. And as all the other, the other team members were starting to pick up jobs, and I was like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm going freelance. I'm going to start giving this a bit of a punt. Um, and that was it. That was the, that was the push I needed in sort of 2015, 16. So then go, right, I'm a full-time audio music person now. Let's see what, how this works. <laughs> so it just kind of happened. So I introduced you as an audio producer, but at the time you wanted to compose for games. Yeah. So music has always been my discipline. So I'm a piano player, vocalist. Um, I play a couple of other instruments too. Um, but when you work in games, it, there's much more emphasis on design. So when I, if I'm composing music for games, I don't call myself a, a video game composer because there's such, desi- there's such a design element around it. So I call myself a music designer, much you would a sound designer. You're designing sound effects which have to work in engine with the game. Music is very much the, much the same. So like all these things combine and kind of ch- sort of shapes your job title a bit. And through games, I started doing more sound design itself. But also by default, again, I then almost overnight became a sound recordist because one of the dev studios I work with wanted to produce a podcast. And I was like, right, okay, I need, I need to figure out a way to record in a space that had zero uh soundproofing in, a, in the middle of a very busy development studio and thinking well how do you do this have floor to floor to ceiling windows thinking oh my gosh this is going to sound awful but after a little bit of research i kind of discovered how to produce a very good recording in a uh, in a space like that and overnight i was then a sound recordist so i invested in some other gear added that to my uh service list as well and all of a sudden, that there was another flow of income coming in from that. So you just kind of start to spread yourself a little wider, but not thinner. So I started in music and graduated to sound. And now audio is the, as I say, the, the sort of blanket term for it. So how did you go about getting your first clients? Not, not, not over, you know, when you were doing it on the side, but I guess when you finally think, right, I'm going freelance, 2015, how did you get by? Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd already had some really good relationships with local developers and local filmmakers and other bits and pieces when I was doing it alongside full-time work. So I in- immediately had that to fall back on. So I had some people to talk to. I already had some other bits of work in the pipeline too. So there was a cushion there. So that was really comfortable. I just kind of continued with that and then it just began to snowball. And as those collaborators, those clients grew their small businesses too, so too did my workflow. I was getting more work from them. Other clients start to see that. And for me, like I've never really felt comfortable when the foot is not on the gas. Like you can't stop as a freelancer. Um, it is very much a lifestyle, a lifestyle choice that you, that you choose to go down. So I've always been just looking for opportunities, looking for ways that I can kind of just connect with people and build uh, professional relationships and professional friendships. Um, and it's just it's just kind of flown from there, really. How do you manage all of those different projects? Like, what what does it look like for you? Like, do you have like really busy periods where you're working on one thing and then you're over to another, or or yeah. you run them all at the same time? Um, there's there's definitely a transition, and of course you 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 wear different hats. Um, so it's very much about being in a certain frame of mind. If I, if I have a, a project, a more sizable project, which requires me to be uh, purely just producing music, then that's all I'll do that day. So I very rarely kind of uh, swap from one project to the next because I, I feel like I'm more productive if I've got one thing, one hat to wear that day. Um, in terms of managing 
multiple projects, multiple clients and, and multiple streams of work, calendars, Google Calendar. Oh my gosh, I love a good spreadsheet and a Google Calendar <laughs> like like no one's business. I, I don't know how I got by in those first 18 months to two years without like dedicating a lot of energy to my to my calendar. So I'm really anal about it as well. So everything is is worded a certain way. Certain things are in capitals. Certain things are subtitled. Um, certain things are color coordinated. It's super, super tight. Uh, and without that, I I would just kind of, I think I'd melt. Like <laughs> I'd just implode because where I've got things organized in a spreadsheet in front of me, it allows me to just focus on the work because I've just kind of splurged it somewhere and I don't have to remember that anymore. It's organized, it's in a sheet, it's in multiple sheets, multiple pages, and I can just focus on the thing that brings in money at the end of the day. Mm. And obviously you started out doing side projects. Is that something that you still continue to do now? Yeah, I think um, side projects for me have always been really quite important, to be honest, because when you're working to brief, um, as cool as it is, you you are working to a brief and there's a deadline and there's a criteria that you have to fulfill. When you work on purely side projects, which could be with another collaborator or just your own thing, you're free of brief. So you can kind of experiment, you can express yourself, especially in music where there's a lot of emotion involved, where you pile, you know, thoughts and processes and emotion into a piece of music, uh, for example. All of that can be quite draining and and it's nice to be free of any of any strings sort of thing. So there's a few side projects that I'm, I'm currently kind of working on. I've got a, a solo piano um, uh, EP slash album, somewhere in between an EP and an album, which I've been working on for about six years, I think. And I just haven't got around to finishing it. But that I'm really looking forward to because that's in a state now where it's it's looking like the end is is in sight. Um, I've been playing ukulele for a couple of years and I absolutely adore the ukulele. So I'd like to produce a ukulele um, EP as well. Um, I'm currently fleshing out a soundtrack to um, a game hack game that I recently worked on uh, called Sick Fighter. Um, and basically, have you ever come across the term uh, a game hack before? Uh, no, let's no? go with no. <laughs> okay. So a game hack, there's loads all over the world, but arguably the largest is one called the Global Games Jam. And in the space of a weekend or just under a weekend, you go from start to finish and you produce a game in the space of that time. Um, and you hook up with people, you collaborate, you smash out an idea and there's a, there's a brief again. And the soundtrack that I did to that, it was really cool. It was like a Mega Drive 16-bit sounding thing. It was really funky. So I'm going to flesh that out as a side project too and just and and see what happens with it. Slap it on Spotify and see if people like it. Um, and some just some other ones, again, very much music focused. How do you think those side projects benefit your business? Um, I think it's always good for... Like if, if I see people that I'm collaborating with or want to collaborate with and they're doing things in their own time, it's, it's passion, it's real drive and they're, they care about this stuff. Seeing that energy and that passion makes me want to work with people and I believe the, the door swings the other way too. And plus also it gives you something to talk about. So if you're ever struggling for a social media post or something, like you're creating really cool content that not only people can read about and learn about, but they can enjoy. Um, it shows activity and I think activity means busy for me. And and people find that quite attractive. I certainly do anyway. Now, obviously, I introduced you as Matthew Walker. Then I called you Matt. But actually, <laughs> you you don't trade as that, right? No, I do not. No. So, I mean, I used to. People who I work with do know me as Matthew. I don't walk around saying, hi, my name's Sev Audio. <laughs> That's just my company <laughs> name. Although that'd be quite cool. But 
Um, ultimately, I, I got to a point where I needed to go limited company, and I I didn't really like. Not that I didn't like the idea of of kind of uh, slapping limited on the, the end of my name, but the first thing was that the that you've got the sleep guy, you know the the guy who releases uh is he's a sleep expert. His name's Matthew Walker. So there's another Matthew Walker. There is another Matthew Walker, yeah, who uh, has had quite some ah. large success with a book based on sleep. Um, so I kind of wanted to distance myself a little bit from that. And the, the idea around Subordio is that, um, like many things, there's a real renaissance for board games at the moment. And working in games, we do that a lot. We play board games, we play card games. It's a great collaborative thing, and it's kind of chemistry and team building, and it's fun. There's a lot of banter, and it's awesome. Um, so I was looking for something that, was kind of maybe tapping into that. And the only real board game outside of Monopoly when I was a kid I used to play was Sabutio. I used to play I play a lot of football as a kid. And um, my name before Matthew, my mum was, was close to calling me Sebastian. And I've always preferred that name to Matthew. Hence why <laughs> my wife and I have now given Sebastian as the middle name to our son. So I was like, well, Seb, I like that. Seb Audio, that's quite cool because it reminds me of Sabutio. It's kind of cool. So and that's just where it came from, and now it's stuck, and I love it. It's it kind of came out of pure thin air, you know. So how long have you traded as Subordio? So Subordio is now in its second year, um, and before that, I was just a sole trader, just as Matthew Walker. I think it was Matthew Walker music stuff, then it was Matthew Walker audio stuff, and then it went Subordio. So it came full circle when I then went limited company because by that point, I gave myself almost like a like a two year apprenticeship just to kind of figure out how freelancing works. Like, was it for me? Could I adapt? At the time, I was engaged as well, um, and I knew that babies were probably just around the corner. Um, and I was thinking, well, you know, we'll, we'll just see this how this goes. Take it like six months at a time. And I'm now into my fourth year as a full-time freelancer, um, and it's going okay. So I must be doing something, right? I'm talking to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so things are going okay. <laughs> How about the way you work? Do you work from home or, or uh, yeah. an office? Or I, I work from home. The, I think the end game, the, the eventual goal would be to have some space, whether that's in, in a, it wouldn't necessarily be a co-working space because in audio you need to control the environment um, and that's really challenging to do when you're surrounded by lots of other people. So it will likely be down the bottom of a garden, I expect. <laughs> My garden, not someone else's. <laughs> just to rock up in like a six grand shed and put it in the neighbor's garden or something. Darling, who's that man in the hedge? I don't know. <laughs> don't know, he's just recording some sound. <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been in a hedge loads, like recording sounds, trying to get the perfect sound of something. It, sound recorders, you'll find them everywhere. Um, but um, no, I mean, funny enough, we, you know, we're considering a house move. So like that is a consideration now for our next our next pad because our little boy is only going to get bigger um, and naturally he's going to outgrow me quicker, I think, and he's going to need more space. So I need, I need to maintain my space and probably move out. <laughs> Just my work though. But also like I'm at that, that point now where I've been working from home for, this is my fourth year. Um, and of course the, the sort of part-time years before that as well. I want the separation. I want to go to work, record, work, produce audio, come home, be a dad, be a husband, and play games. Like those are the things and eat at some point. I want those are the things I want to do at home. But having said that, like I, I love the flexibility of being able to be at home. Our boy's young, so I, I can quickly nip down to the nursery if I need to. It's very convenient again to be able to work from home. So it's the perfect thing right now. But you can just see that in the future it's not gonna it can't last forever because things are naturally going to be dynamic and change. 
So how old is your son now? Almost 18 months. I think he's 16, 16 and a half months. We're still at that oh, stage nice. where, you know, you're kind of going by the months and weeks almost. This is probably a, a conversation for your other podcast. Doing it yes. For the kids, <laughs> which is another great podcast. So we talked about all the different sort of ways that you make your money. Are there any others that we haven't touched upon or that you've got lined up in the future? Um, one thing, One thing I really want to develop is more of a passive income. So I've been looking into courses and, and whatnot. I've, I've grown a lot in confidence over the last three or four years. Um, and I know a few things now, and I believe there's an, uh, there's an audience out there who would like to know, you know, how to record or how to produce a podcast or music composition or anything, any, any one of the, the, the sort of services that I offer, I can break that down into a course and make it more digestible for somebody else. So I'm, I'm really looking to, to, um, to kind of adventure down that pathway at some point. Um, I don't need to at the moment. I've got, I've certainly got enough work on that will keep me going for some time. And I'm confident in finding work when I don't have, have much on. But I, that would just kind of take the edge off because you know that there's a passive income coming in through a few sales on uh, like Udemy or something, you know. So I'm just looking to kind of explore and see how that might, that might be something to, uh, to kind of open up a bit further down the line maybe. How have you found the business side of being freelance? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a better sound recordist and audio producer than I am a business person, for, <laughs> for sure. Because I don't have any training in that. Lots of freelancers don't. Um, but naturally, default says you're going to have to learn a few things. So the first thing for me was that, well, I'm, I'm going to employ um, an accountant. I don't want to have to bother with accounts or anything I'm it, it's peace of mind to, to just pay someone to have them submit my accounts I'm very very good with um keeping data and receipts and numbers I do that throughout the year um the thought of arriving you know a month or so before your accounts are due to then scrum all these things together scavenge like a like a vulture to get all these bits together that is just stress I do not need. I try to live um, as stress-free a life as possible. So I just find when you make a purchase, collect that data straight away, boom, done. Archive the receipt, it's done. And once you just copy copy and paste that process, when you get to doing your accounts, they're, they're done already. You just send the details off to your accountant and it's done. So that's like the first thing I really wanted to do. But in terms of growing the, the business, like I don't, my intention, certainly not at the moment, it's it's not to grow something into like, you know, a Fortune 500 company like Seb Audio Corp, um, <laughs> like overlooking <laughs> the whole of Bristol or something, you know. That's not the intention. Um, the intention for me is to be a good craftsman. Um, I've always been quite inspired by my by my dad. He, he's a carpenter and he's he's incredible with what he does. Like my craft is audio production and music. Like that's that's what I do. I want to be good at that. And I'm in a really great position through hard work that people want to buy my services and, and have me produce that sort of stuff for them. If I got to a point where I feel like, yeah, I've maxed out my current level, I need to do something more and I, I might want to hire an assistant or something, then again, I'll entertain that idea if and when it comes around. But right now, it's it's not the intention. Very happy with how I'm providing for my family. And that gives me a great amount of joy. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true, one a lie. Let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me, Matt? I've, I've been looking forward to this. No, having listened to your podcast, lots and lots and lots and lots, you get such a varied response to this question. <laughs> such a varied Don't response. let me down. But first one, um, I was uh, the lead singer of Europe's largest and most popular Scissor Sisters tribute band. Um, we even supported <laughs> McFly. 
Number two, um, I broke my neck, but didn't realize I'd broken it the first time until I broke it the second time, which was a year later. Or number three, I spent the summer of 2012 putting up fence panels for David Beckham's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hit me. So you were Scissor Sisters tribute band. They never used the same name. So what was the name of the Scissor Sisters tribute band? Of, of our tribute band? Yeah. So it was like um, Scissor Sisters, but with a Z at the end. So it was Scissor Sisters. Hmm. Okay. And you supported McFly. Where did you support McFly? Um, so McFly were doing the Christmas uh, lights switch on uh, locally in Cheltenham. And um, and we were there just through an agency. They needed a support act, and it ended up being us. Um, got to meet the the drummer and the bassist, lovely guys, um, and it was a great gig. That was that was to about I think about forty thousand people. I mean, clearly they came to see us. McFly were just an extra, <laughs> but uh, okay. was, <laughs> that was a good Christmas thing. That was great. Oh my god! Do you know that sounds really believable? Other than maybe 40,000 people at a Christmas light switch on. But I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know Cheltenham well enough to think how many people might turn out. Um, broken ne- Okay. So how on earth did you break your neck the first time? So the first time was, uh, was a very unfortunate swimming accident. No, I did not jump into a shallow pool. Um, I was just swimming underwater and uh, some dudes jumped in, didn't see me swimming and they landed on me. Uh, and that that was pretty unfortunate. That that I mean that would that had a, a huge um, like knock on effect to to the person I became really because at the time I was like, wow, it's kind of cool. I've got a broken neck and didn't know about it. How cool is that? But looking back, so ha- but but how did it how did it manifest itself at the time? Just bruised? Yeah. So like any like any uh, injury, it healed to the best that your body could handle it. Um, and, uh, but of course it was severely weak still. It was, it was, it was a, a time bomb waiting to kind of happen again, really. So how did it break the second time? <laughs> the second time, um, I was playing a lot of football at the time. It'd been a hot summer. Um, I think it was around about May. So it was towards the end of the season. I, I played football in the day and then went straight to my bar job. I think I was 19 at the time went straight to my bar job at the time and uh, no food, no water, nothing and collapsed through dehydration, hit my head on a stool um, and, and broke it again. And then had a halo jacket fitted and four months later, two surgeries, uh, pelvis fusion, all sorts of stuff. Oh man, I can't decide <laughs> that's true. You said it had been a long, hot summer, yet it was May, which is the start of the summer. Well, that's the maybe, start of the, a long, hot season. Maybe you're maybe. still concussed. Um <laughs> Maybe. And number three, you put up a fence for David Beckham's dad. Yeah. Why? So as I mentioned, my, my dad's a carpenter and he gets jobs, you know, or at the time he was getting a lot of jobs more sort of nationally over the country quite a bit. And my dad's a great talker. So he meets people and it's like you've, you've known him all your life sort of thing. Um, I believe it just came through a friend. Um, they knew of David Beckham's dad, Ted, I think his name is. So um, where did you have to... Where did you have to put them up? So this was, his dad's got a couple of houses. Um, and this was just in London. I think it was like South London, uh, Bromley Way. Um, so we went there. Um, nice, nice South London house. Didn't meet David Beckham, but met his dad, obviously, because he was there. Um, and we put up a whole, I think it was about six or seven panels for him because it had been windy and they'd blown down. 
Um, oh man, I yeah. don't know. Why would you get a carpenter? That do you know what? I mean, I mean they... my dad does many things. Carpenter, carpentry is one thing, but he is like an all-purpose builder too. Yeah, yeah. You're saying that now because I've spotted a chink in your fence. <laughs> um, okay, Scissor Sisters feels feels it could totally be true. As does Broken Neck because I don't know where that would. I mean, it sounds ridiculous and far fetched, but that's because those things actually happen, which actually makes the most likely one seem unlikely, which is the fence. Because that sounds plausible. But then if you were going to have fun making something up, wouldn't you go for one of the others? Which then makes me think the Scissor Sisters isn't true. And the fence is. Because <laughs> why would you make up putting up a fence for David Beckham's dad? OK, no, I'm going to. I was about to say the fence wasn't true, but I'm going to change and say the Scissor Sisters wasn't true. Is that your final answer? Yes. The fence is the lie. Ah! <laughs> I doubted myself. The fence is the lie. When you said that, I was thinking, no, no, please don't get it. Because I've, I've spent ages thinking about that one. I'm livid. Ah. There you go. I hope I've ruined your day. <laughs> Flipping knew it. Ah. Well, well go. done. The best thing about that is, of course, but it de- it means the Sister Sisters and the Broken Neck actually did happen, though I still refute the 40,000. So, but, but, but you said that, like, breaking your neck, like, when did that happen? So the first time uh, was 2002. Yeah, 2002, and the second time was 2003. But you said it changed your life. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a huge injury. So, I mean... In many ways, as as horrible as it sounds to say, I think if I was sat here um, in a wheelchair, that would almost be deemed lucky. The fact that I'm able to walk and run, I've since gone on to do, I think, five or six half marathons, a couple of marathons, and it's all they've all raised money for spinal injury charities. So it's like something like that just it it, it adds a different color to your personality, and and it's something that you wear almost. It's something I wear as a badge of honor now because it's. It's changed the way I look at things, changed the way, changed my mentality completely. D- does that change your approach to freelancing? Um, I think it's it changed my approach because I now kind of live under, not necessarily a cloud, but I live, I live under um, an idea of, you know, we live one life. And there's a great quote, which I came across only recently, and I, I absolutely love it. And it was like, the, the definition of hell is meeting the person you could have been on your deathbed. Now that sounds pretty, pretty dark. Um, but that's something I really love because when, when I did break my neck, um, I was like, well, I, I've got one chance to do something, to do the things I am good at, to enjoy the things that I do. I didn't want to just go somewhere work and then come home and wonder what the hell happened. Um, so yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's now this badge that I wear and it's a reminder. I have the scar to remind me. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Try not to worry. <laughs> we all do it. We're all guilty of doing it. But worrying gets you nowhere. It is the biggest drain of energy known to man. If you ch- take all that negativity, all that anxiety, and you just slap a positive light on it, you know you can achieve so much more if you just be positive and enter things with a really proactive attitude and just be nice to people and start conversations like just try not to worry i used to obsess over 
if I would receive an email, especially when I started out, if I received an email from uh, someone who I was talking to about a job and I didn't get the response I wanted, I would just second guess everything, literally everything. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing this? I'm not, not good enough. Imposter syndrome, da, 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 all the rest of it. And I would lose sleep over that. I would lose sleep over that kind of way of thinking. And these days, I just don't worry about it. I'm very confident in what I can do. And I would say to my younger self, yeah, don't worry. Do your own thing because you will get there. Matt, it's been really nice to speak to you. Go to beingfreelance.com. There'll be links through so you can find Matt online and Seb Audio online, of course. While you're there, check out all of the other episodes, the articles, the videos. Join the community. And if you like what you hear, please do leave a review. But you can also support this by buying me biscuits. Buy me coffee and biscuits now if you go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast each week and you, you want to say uh, thanks in any way, then I appreciate those in the kind words as well. Uh, anyway, beingfreelance.com has all as ever. And as Matt mentioned earlier, there's the other podcast for freelancing parents. You can go and find Doing It For The Kids. Search for that wherever you found this podcast. Search for Doing It For The Kids and go and listen for that as well. But Matt, for now, all the best with being freelance. Absolute pleasure, my friend. I'll continue listening. Nice one. Nice one.